Welcome to Edwards Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Dawn Waldman from the 412 Test Wing Public Affairs. Supporting the entire mission of Edwards Air Force Base, or any base for that matter, is the contracting office. And here at Edwards, they are responsible for millions of dollars worth of contracts every year. Staffed with hard-working civilians and active-duty members, these big-A airmen not only keep the current mission airborne, but are fully engaged in supplying the missions of the future. It's my pleasure to welcome our guest, Ms. Michelle Cameron, who is the Chief of the Installation Contracting Division for the Air Force Test Center headquartered right here at Edwards Air Force Base. Michelle, thanks so much for taking my call today. You're welcome, Don. I'm really um, excited about this opportunity to talk about contracting. Excellent. Well, right off the bat, I think it's pretty safe to say that no test program on Edwards could happen without the contracting office. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yes, I believe that's a true statement, Don. Um, you know, contracting, we're behind the scenes, but we play a critical role um, in the test mission here at Edwards. Uh, sometimes our impact goes unnoticed because we are behind the scenes, but I would encourage people as they walk around their buildings or um, even now that we're working from home when you're when you're typing on your laptop to think about how many things that you use or that you see and how they were purchased. Um, chances are, you know, that laptop that you're typing on or the walls that you walk by that are painted, um, when you call to make a, an appointment at the med group, even using a F-35 simulator on base, there's so many examples. Um, even the folks at maintenance that use shop towels that get picked up for cleaning, all of those things and so many more of them uh, just like that were all bought by someone in contracting. Here's a lot of behind-the-scenes work that goes into this. Can you, can you tell us how the acquisition process works, and is it different depending on whether it's a new or an existing program? There probably are some nuances between a new and an existing program, but for the most part, the acquisition process remains the same. But, you know, favorite answer at contracting um, is it depends. Um, I'm going to need to use it here. There's a lot of different acquisition rules that we must follow, but a lot of the rules depend on the variables of the acquisition. And trust me, I could spend a week going over all the <laughs> acquisition rules and, and not even come close to covering everything. So that is, I think, one reason why I would encourage anyone who ha anticipates any kind of need um, for contracting for support to contact us just as soon as possible. As soon as you have that idea or thought, uh, we're more than happy just to get together and discuss and try to come up with a plan on how we can acquire whatever that need is. Well, Michelle, when the installation contracting division is fully staffed, you have about 53 employees. Can you explain how they support the 412 test wing? Sure. Um, so my, my division is focused on installation contracting support specifically for the 412 test wing. Um, I've got five branches, and they support different mission partners, um, each with a unique focus. So if I could, I'd, I'd like to quickly go over each one. Oh, of course. Okay, good. So I have PZAO A. Um, who supports primarily the mission support group and the med group. So for mission support, they take care of a lot of the um, FSS needs and some of the NAF uh, contracting needs, uh, such as like dance instructor on base or the dining facility, uh, anything in support of security forces. And then for the med group, uh, we contract out for a lot of support services, like nurse practitioners, clinical nurses, pharmacy techs, the people who schedule the appointments, 
that's all contracted out by um, PZIOA. Okay, and for those who don't know, let me interrupt, sorry. Um, NAF, NAF stands for non-appropriated funds, so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and then so I have PZLB, which is another branch that supports um, primarily uh, CE services, uh, Plant 42, and maintenance. So they, I like to say they do the nitty-gritty stuff, <laughs> such as um, wastewater treatment, um, custodial, uh, oil water separators, um, the refuse contract, which, you know, is trash pickup, those type of CE services that make the base run are handled by PZLB. And I have another branch, PZLC, which supports all the construction requirements that CE um, has, uh, such as SABER, which is the smaller CE requirements to, you know, like fix a wall or install a water fountain, things like that. But we also do paving, painting, um, HVAC work, plumbing, fire suppression, things like that are all handled by PZLC. And my next branch is PZIEA, which supports the test engineering group and the test management group. Yeah, a lot of that work is focused on supporting the test mission and with various test equipment requirements, whatever is needed to ensure a successful test. One last branch, uh, PZIB, which supports the, the flight mission, if you will, they support ops group. A test pilot school um, and EW with all their needs, you know, which could range from simple supply buys to the radar absorbing material that is in the bath. Um, we support uh, TPS by providing contractor owned aircraft for the students to, to train in. And then for electronic warfare, we've got all kinds of simulator support, uh, training needs, things like that, that support that aspect of the test mission. Wow. I, you know, I was um, thinking you're only skimming the surface just to give us some idea of what's going on, but there's a lot to uh, your area. What are the qualifications someone would need in order to become part of this awesome team? You know, contracting um, is, is considered a professional career se- series, and oh, about 20 years ago now, um, OPM implemented a rule requiring that uh, any uh, new contracting specialist um, have to have a bachelor's degree with at least 24 business credits. So it's treated more as a professional career se- series. And the reason they wanted that formal degree was that they were looking at revamping the federal acquisition process, streamlining it, making it more efficient. And so that educational requirement was put in place. One of the reasons that we do look for those educational requirements is that contracting officers are to be business advisors. Currently, we refer to them as mission-focused business leaders. So we want to assist in the entire acquisition process, not just at the end when, you know, the need is imminent. Uh, We want to get involved as early as possible um, so we can, you know, come up with the best solution. And then also the whole contracting profession, you have to uh, grow and become a warranted contracting officer, and that means you can obligate the government. And it takes um, dedication and time to become a warranted contracting officer. That's just part of the requirements to come into this um, career field. You know, Edwards is the second largest base in the Air Force. And even though you're skimming the surface on some of the services that you provide and fulfill, people may not realize the huge scope of the work performed by your staff in support of the mission. Can you tell us about how much money was allocated for acquisition in the last fiscal year? On average, uh, my division obligates about $130 million a year, and that's through 
um, I looked, and we average about 1,400 contract actions. That might be new contracts or it mod might be modifications to existing contracts, um, and that's yearly. But And, and that's the new um, acquisitions that we buy. But there's also um, our role as contract administrators. We currently administer contracts with a total value of $620 million. Wow. What are some of the challenges you face in fulfilling these requirements? I would say the largest challenge we face is, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, is just being brought late into the discussion. Um, I see this often where a requiring activity has you know, been discussing a problem for many months and trying to decide what to do, um, but they don't necessarily reach out to contracting, and, and we've lost a lot of time uh, because there are specific rules that we must follow, and some of them do take time. So it's really important. Again, I don't want to um, sound repetitive, but it's really important for uh, folks to involve contracting as early as possible. Even if it doesn't end up being a contract action, uh, we'd still be willing to, you know, talk and try to figure out the best way to handle the requirement. So, Michelle, tell us about small businesses and the requirement that the Air Force has to support them first. So, as contracting officers, we are mandated um, by law to consider supporting small businesses before large, uh, whenever it's practical. There are exceptions to that but that is generally our mandate. Um, an important reason, you know, is to try to support the small business space, to ensure competition, um, to prevent as much as we can large companies from uh, taking over or monopolizing a particular industry. And that's one way, uh, by supporting small business, we help them grow and contribute to the economy. Efforts of innovation and modernization are happening all across the Air Force, and that includes the contracting office. We'll talk about that and more in a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest is Ms. Michelle Cameron, who is the Chief of the Installation Contracting Division for the Air Force Test Center, headquartered here at Edwards. So, Michelle, having an innovative mindset as we perform our jobs is something that's sweeping the Air Force, and you're seeing it happen in your world as well. Can you talk about that with us? Sure. Um, you know, Air Force contracting, um, we've made a huge push towards acquisition reform and streamlining processes, you know, as much as possible in the past few years. Um, we're definitely encouraged more to become innovative, um, also less risk-adverse. It's hard to do when you have so many regulations to follow. Um, we do follow the federal acquisition regulation, uh, which is supplemented by the Department of Defense and then supplemented again by the Air Force. Um, and then until recently, it was supplemented by AFMC and local procedures. So it can get very cumbersome. But one of the things that Air Force contracting leadership has done is try to reduce all those supplemental guidance, and that's really helped a lot. So we're definitely working towards that. Um, we've changed some of our internal required uh, review processes, trying to um, become more agile and responsive. I've personally been involved with an Air Force contracting-wide team. Uh, we call it Tools Not Rules. And it's just an effort of trying to review all the, all the supplemental rules that we have, trying to eliminate what's not necessary or consolidate them for use across the Air Force. And that's been interesting to see how other um, MAGCOMs and bases operate. And that's just one of many examples of how Air Force contracting is trying to, you know, like improve and streamline the acquisition process. 
So, Michelle, your staff has a heavy workload, often seeing more than 1,000 actions per year. How do you keep that work environment positive and not feeling so overwhelmed? Some days are better than others, of course, just like just like anyone else, I'm sure. But, um, well, first, I'm just very fortunate. I have a very dedicated, self-motivated staff. Um, it's You know, we're often placed in the position of being a problem solver, and a lot of my folks just gravitate towards that, and they, and they enjoy that problem-solving aspect. But we also do a lot of team-building activities, morale-building, um, even during the you know, time of COVID-19, we've implemented a, a virtual morale team, if you will. Tomorrow, actually, we're having a virtual potluck, which is just one of the things we like to do to try to keep connected to one another. That sounds very neat. How are you going to pull that off virtually, a potluck? Well, we've we've done it a couple of times. We just get on teams. Uh, we share uh, pictures of what people are having for lunch. We play trivia games. We just kind of take a break from work and just, you know, reconnect with each other. That's outstanding. Thanks for sharing that. That's good to hear. You know, Michelle, we're working at Edwards, um, and because of its test mission, some of the world's most awesome programs and opportunities throughout its history have been right here, brought on board by the work of contracting officers. So let's talk about some of the recent programs your division has supported. Um, Yeah, you know, we really do touch all aspects of the base and the test mission. Uh, We may not be involved in the large contracts, you know, for production of an aircraft, um, but we do support the test mission of all new aircraft for the Air Force, you know, just like JSF, F-22, Trainer X, which is, I believe, now the P-7. Um, So we provide the infrastructure support for those programs. Um, An example is just last week, we were involved in acceptance testing of a fire suppression system of a new hangar. And that's just one small piece of the puzzle, but we were tasked with um, you know, once they test the fire suppression system and the foam goes all over the hangar, well, someone's got to properly clean and dispose of that material. So that's where we stepped in. You know, we just have small little examples of how we support the mission. And the mission aside, you also recently have been helping the airmen. Uh, they brought the brand new scooter rental and charging stations to Edwards, and you had a role in that. Yes, yeah, so we're we're involved with some of the innovation uh, developments of the base. One of them was the scooters. I'm anxious to see that go into place. Kind of gives the airmen that live on base an alternative uh, method to get out and uh, see other parts of the base, or just get out of their dorm rooms and and have some fun. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely looking forward to seeing those put in place. You know, Michelle, what about you? Any memorable moments you could share with us? Well, I've been doing this for a little bit over 20 years now, and I lost track of how many contracts I've been involved with. And I don't necessarily only think of large dollar contracts as being memorable. Uh, Even the smallest ones impact the base. For me personally, though, I do uh, remember after 9-11, after the Pentagon was attacked, um, I was administrating a contract for a need here at Edwards, but it was with a particular contractor who the Army felt could um, meet the needs of the Pentagon. So they reached out to us and asked us for contracting support, which was uh, a great honor at the time. The action itself was pretty routine. You know, we didn't have much issues handling it, but knowing, you know, that I had contributed in some small way, you know, to the Pentagon being, you know, rebuilt 
and recover after 9-11, that's something that I will always remember and be very proud of. You know, so one thing that is a big deal for the installation contracting office is the end of fiscal year drill. Because of our time zone, it's something we totally benefit from. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So end of year, uh, which is almost upon us again, you know, for this fiscal year, we've evolved over the years. And when I first started, there was a lot of last minute moving across the country, you know, as the time zone ended. You know, we've kind of shifted away from that now with um, today's environment. And what's happened is end of year deadlines are being pushed back further. So now what we do is called a soft closeout. It happens sometimes in somewhere in mid-September, um, where the goal is to have as much as rewarded as possible mid-September as if it were 30 September. So that's that's been a shift from when I started. But what it does, it gives us a couple weeks to focus truly on last-minute actions and arrival of any fallout funds, which is totally still a possibility. But one aspect I wanted to talk about, too, real quickly was um, end of fiscal year, you know, we're all focused on spending the money that uh, will expire 30 September. But what a lot of folks don't realize is we're also frantically working to get the contracts that start the new fiscal year on 1 October, get those prepared and ready to go so there's no break in service. So you'll see us working till midnight on 30 September to getting uh, current year requirements done. And, um, you know, it becomes 1 October, we're still working along with the Comptroller and Test Wing FM uh, to make sure that the contractors who start 1 October are funded and prepared to work that day. It can be a crazy time of year, but it's also something that we uh, we always look forward to. And um, it's, it's usually a fun time of year as well. Well, that's good to hear that it is fun. It sounds like quite a challenge on, on that last day of September. So, Michelle, you first came out to Edwards in the mid-90s, and, and you really know what this space is all about. So, But before I let you go, can you tell us what it means to you to work out here at the center of the aerospace testing universe? Yeah, it's hard to think that I did start uh, back in the 90s. Um, I like to say back in the 1900s. And I started at base supply. I didn't start at contracting. I, I made my way over to contracting, and and I really enjoyed it. Um, but, you know, I, I come from an Air Force family. Uh, my dad was career enlisted. I have a brother who was career enlisted. And now I have two nephews who are in the Air Force. So we're definitely an Air Force family. So I'm really proud, you know, to contribute in my own way uh, to the Air Force and to the mission here at Edwards. So whenever I see an airplane, like a, maybe like a C-17 or in the news or flying, um, I know that in some small way I have contributed you know, to the defense of our nation, and, and that makes me really happy to be working here um, at Edwards. By the way, our major command, the Air Force Material Command, hosts a podcast that targets the Air Force contracting and acquisition fields. Just search your favorite app for the Contracting Experience podcast. Again, many thanks to today's guest, Ms. Michelle Cameron, for taking time out to share her story and taking us beyond the test. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Don Waldman for Edwards Beyond the Test.